In the name of Jesus, Amen. Dear saints, I don't know if I've mentioned this to you or if you know it, but I can see you when I stand here and preach. You are as close to me as I am to you. I can see your faces. And I can tell, by the way, when my preaching is answering a question that you have and when I'm preaching on a question that you don't have, when I'm answering a question that you're not asking. I'm afraid that today's sermon might be more like the second type. Because today we have the question and the answer in the Scriptures. We have the answer to the question, how will I survive the assaults of the demons? <laughs> now, it could be that you're asking this question, that you wonder about this, and if that's the case, you have to excuse me. But I think most of us don't ask this question, at least not on any sort of regular basis. And this is because the devil's tactics, at least among us, are very subtle. His work among us is covert. We don't see exorcisms in church. We don't see people troubled by demons like we do on the pages of the gospel. In the world uh, uh, that we live in, people will gladly admit that there are good spiritual beings, angels and such, but the demons and the devils are often not mentioned. Now, as an aside, I happen to think that this is changing. The religion, and, and some of you know this uh, too, the, the religious contours of the world that we live in are shifting. It's, uh, and, and there is more of an awareness of the spiritual side of things, both negative and positive. Interest in things like the paranormal and ghosts and communicating with the dead. While it's always existed through the history of the world, it's on the rise. And I wouldn't be surprised, this is just me, but I wouldn't be surprised if we would start to see uh, a more explicitly demonic activity among us and in the world. But the way it is now, materialism dominates. That is, things are, are what you see, and the invisible world hardly ever mentions our mind, and the devil continues to do his work unseen, which is why most of us, when we wake up in the morning, are not asking the question, how can I survive the devil's assaults today? But really, dear saints, it doesn't matter if we're asking the question. When the Bible gives us the answer to something, it's teaching us that the question itself is important. And that's the case here. The Bible teaches us that we are surrounded with an unseen spiritual reality. And this reality is filled with angels and with demons. And that they are at war. The angels are sent by God to protect and to keep us. The demons are fighting against us, against you. Tempting you and pushing you towards, towards despair and unbelief. And other great sin and shame. And make no mistake about this, the devil will not rest. He will not cease his attacks towards you until you are flat on your back in the rubble of unbelief or until the Lord Jesus finally at last rescues us and takes us from this life into heaven where we are beyond the devil's grip. We are in the midst of this fight. If we know it or not, it does not matter. We have been baptized into this war. When you are marked with the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit in your baptism, then you were painted with a target for the devil right on your chest. 
So it is that when St. Paul finishes his pastoral letter to the saints in Ephesus, he gives them instruction for this spiritual battle. He tells the people what the battle is, what the stakes are, what the goal is, and what the equipment to wear. Ephesians 6.10 Finally, be strong in the Lord and the strength of His might. We noticed first that this battle that we fight is not fought on our own strength. And it could never be fought on our own strength. Even Adam and Eve in their perfection before the fall into sin could not stand against the devil. We do not fight, dear saints, and if you hear nothing else, hear this. You do not fight the devil on your own strength, but on the strength of the Lord, on His strength, with His might. There are a lot of hymns in the hymnal about fighting, Christian soldier hymns, and these break into two types. There's one where we're the one marching out to war, and there's the other where Jesus is the one who's fighting for us, holding the field for us. The second kind of hymn are the good ones, because it is not our own strength. It is not our own might. It is not our own efforts that can even come close to overcoming the devil. It's the Lord and His strength that hold the field. It's the Lord and His strength that beat back the devil. And we have to know this. In fact, I think we have to approach this whole topic with a bit of earnestness. Paul is urging that. He knows the people in Ephesus that he's writing to. Do you remember this? On his third missionary journey, Paul stopped in Ephesus for almost three years. And he stayed there. He, 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 he planted churches all throughout Ephesus, which was a massive, huge city, but it was also the capital of the whole region of Asia there, uh, what, what we now call Turkey. And Paul used that as his home base to train pastors and send them out and plant churches all over Asia. He was there for, for almost three years and he knew these people and he loved them and he, and he cared for them as his own children in the faith. And he knows the danger that they face, that the church faces, the rage of the devil, the difficulty of the battle, the stakes that are here. So he urges them, be strong. In the Lord's strength. Put on, says Paul, the whole armor of God. That you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. That is the expert methods of the devil. The armor with which we are clothed is God's, not yours. You have this armor as God's gift to you, not by your merit and not by your works, not by your earning or deserving. And remember, it is only the Lord's armor that can protect us and keep us safe. We're fighting against the devil. But notice that Paul in the text says the wiles of the devil, or I think the ESV says the schemes of the devil. We've translated it here, the expert methods of the devil. The, the devil is not just raging against you. He's also plotting against you. He's scheming. He's planning. The devil, says Luther, is the master of a thousand arts. And all of those arts, all of those skills are aimed at you and at your, and at your destruction. You hear the seriousness of this thing? Paul is making it abundantly clear, and this is verse 12, and it doesn't get any clearer of the seriousness of the danger that we face than it does in this verse. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Better, we do not wrestle against blood and flesh, but against the rulers, against the authorities, 
against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. It's as if Paul would have the whole army of the, of the demonic hosts march before us so that we would see what we're up against. And we would know that the battle would, will be fierce. And the battle will be long. And in this battle, there will be casualties. We want to know who our enemies are. I think if there was anyone in the history of the church who could have thought differently than the text says, it was Paul himself. Because Paul had enemies everywhere he went. Paul was opposed by the Jews, his own, country, his own countrymen. He was opposed by the pagans. In, in fact, when Paul was back in Jerusalem, when he finished his third missionary journey, he went to the temple to show that he was still keeping the law, the, keep, the, the teaching of Moses. And some of the Jews from Asia, probably some of the Jews from Ephesus, where Paul's writing this letter to, some of the people from there stirred up the crowd and lied and said that Paul had brought Gentiles into the temple and he was arrested. And and it's at that point that Paul was shipped over to uh, Caesarea and spent years in jail there and then was at last shipped over to Rome where he was in jail, probably where he wrote this letter to the Ephesians. Paul was stoned and exiled and beaten. And worst of all, everywhere that Paul went, there were false teachers that traveled around in his shadows, undoing the gospel that he preached. Paul, in other words, had enemies. And those enemies had names. They were men. False teachers. But Paul stands here to the Ephesians and says, clearly, our fight, our battle is not against people. It's not against our our human enemies. That's not where our fight is. Our battle is with the devil and his armies and with them alone. And the goal of this fight, by the way, is not that the devil's kingdom is overthrown, but simply when the fight is over, we are still standing. Verse 13. Take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand on the evil day And having done all, to stand. Now Paul, in verse 14, gets to the armor. I don't wonder, as Paul is writing this down, if he's looking at the equipment that that the soldier who's guarding him there in the prison is wearing. And Paul just simply goes through the list of all of the armor that a Roman soldier would have worn. A Hebrew soldier would have worn the same. Stand therefore having fastened on the belt of truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In every circumstance, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish the flaming darts of the evil one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Fasten on the belt of truth, the truth of the gospel, the truth of the Scriptures, the truth of the life and the death and the resurrection of our Lord Jesus and the truth of the forgiveness of our sins. Jesus says you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. The truth, the belt of truth, is God's Word and God's love. Put on the breastplate of righteousness. This is not the protection of your own righteousness. Dear saints, can you imagine that? To stand before the devil with your own righteousness and your own good works as your protection? 
If you want a picture of that, just imagine me in the ring with Mike Tyson. <laughs> There's, that's a hopeless proposition. We wouldn't last for a second. The righteousness which protects our heart is the righteousness of Jesus. The righteousness that He imputes to you. The perfection that He gives to you by faith. Lace up the shoes of the readiness of the gospel of peace. Sean Kilgo, our seminarian, uh, was back a few months ago and teaching this, Bible, this, this text in Bible class. And he pointed out that the Roman soldier, when preparing for battle, would put nails through their shoes so that they could dig in like cleats and withstand the barrage that came at them. The gospel is that establishment, that anchor. It holds us steady. It is where, it is where our foundation is found, put on the shoes of the gospel of peace. Take up the shield of faith, which will extinguish the fiery darts of the devil. Our Sean taught us about this as well. The armies of the ancient world would take their arrows and dip them in tar and light them on fire and shoot them into the opposing army, which had to be distinctly unpleasant. <laughs> but they would, the Romans especially, would take their shields, which were made out of wood and leather, and they would soak them overnight before the battle in water so that they're waterlogged. And when the arrows hit them, they're quenched. The fire goes out. Can you think of a more beautiful picture of baptism? The water of promise, the water of forgiveness that you have by faith, it puts out the worst that the devil can send your way. Do you know that the devil shoots at you the darts of unbelief, the arrows of guilt, the missiles of temptation, whatever else he has in his array, and you know it. But these are all blocked by one simple word. It's finished. One simple promise. Your sins are forgiven. The devil cannot press through that. The devil cannot climb over that wall. You are safe from the devil because you are died for by Jesus, because you are baptized, because you are covered with His blood, because your sins are forgiven. Take up the helmet of salvation. This helmet, dear saints, is not the, the helmet of your own genius. It's not the helmet of your own understanding. This is a mind made safe by the Lord's gift of salvation. It is a mind that is kept right by meditating on the Scriptures and the Lord's promise. And the devil has no access. And at last we have the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Do you remember what I told you Luther said about the devil, that he's the master of a thousand arts? That's only the first part. The devil, says Luther, is called the master of a thousand arts. But what shall we call God's word, which drives away and brings to nothing this master of a thousand arts with all of his arts and powers? It, the scriptures, must indeed be the master of more than a hundred thousand arts. For every move that the devil makes, the word of God is there to protect you. For every assault of the devil, there is comfort in the Scriptures. For every attack, there is a promise. For every accusation, there is a consolation. And the Holy Spirit, by the Scriptures Himself, brings this armor to us, His truth, His righteousness, His gospel, His salvation and faith, all through the Scriptures. It's in God's promises and in His gifts that we are made safe. 
absolutely safe from all the attacks of the devil. Dear saints, we are in a battle. We're locked in a war. There is a fight. The devil is fighting against you. And what do you think of this? It could be that you're indifferent. That this doesn't matter to you. It's of no concern. If this is you, you need to hear the clarity of the Lord's warning. You need to know that the devil and all of his wicked hordes are arrayed against you to destroy you, to, to make sure that you come to nothing, to make sure that you are with them in hell. For you, the Scripture has warning, even threats. But if you hear this text, and you are a bit concerned, in fact, you might call it fear. It worries you that the devil, with all of his power and all of his demons, have you in their targets, then the Scriptures have for you, dear saint, the Scriptures have comfort. And it is this. This devil, your enemy, he has already been defeated. In fact, destroyed. You didn't do it. Jesus did. When Jesus died on the cross, He brought the reign of the devil to an end. When Jesus spilled His blood for you and your forgiveness, He purchased you and He won you from sin and from death and from the power of the devil. You, by His death and resurrection, you belong to Jesus. And the same Jesus who loved you so much that He gave up His life for you, that Jesus will also give everything to keep you. In His perfection, in His righteousness, in His Word, He will keep you safe from the devil. And so it will be on the last day. When the devil and all of his angels are being thrown into the lake of fire, you, dear saints, by the mercy of God, will stand. You will stand clothed in the righteousness of Christ, protected by His salvation, with His Word in your hand, you will stand safe and holy. You will stand forever. And this is our comfort and our joy. In the name of Jesus, Amen. And now may the peace of God which passes all understanding. May it guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.